When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new story. Today, we have the first creepy story that we've had in a while. Today is of a stalker who follows someone home, and when they think that they're safe, they realize that they're not, and that the stalker is actually at their house. This one's a pretty crazy story. It's also a long one, so I suggest you sit back, relax, get comfortable, leave a like on the video to claim your free nothing. Those are going quick. And with that all being said, let's just jump right into it. So we're going to call the subscriber who submitted the story John. So anyways, John went to college. And at this point, he was a junior in college, so he no longer lived on campus on the dorms. He lived in off-campus housing with a roommate. His roommate was out for the weekend that this whole story went down. So John split a house with his roommate. So it was only him and his roommate who lived in the house. So this story all started one weekend when John's roommate was gone. And John was just, you know, spending his Friday night at one of the local college bars. This was a pretty big college town, so there was a lot of bars, and it was a very... The the campus was large as well, and it stretched across the entire place. So the bar was far from where he lived. By far, I mean like 20 minutes, and it was also kind of far from campus. And by that, I also mean like 20 minutes. However, it was still close enough that a lot of college kids would attend. So John went there with a few of his other friends from his uh, mechanics class, and he was just sitting at the bar, hanging out with them, having a pretty good time. And in the corner of his eye, he spots this man who's older, in his like late 30s, early 40s, from what John recounts, right? And this man is sitting in the corner by himself, and he has like, oh, he has some kind of drink in his hand, right? He's sitting at the corner of like the pub or whatever, and he's just staring John down. And John doesn't make direct eye contact back, but I don't know if you guys can ever notice when, you know, you see in the corner of of your eye, like, you kind of look a little bit towards them, but you're still not looking directly at them. You look in the corner of your eye, and you you can just tell when someone's, like, eye contact is piercing right at you. It's pretty apparent in my, in, in my experience. Thankfully, I don't experience that that often, right? So John doesn't think much of it because, you know, he sometimes spaces out and just stares at people for long periods of time and then feels really bad after realizing that he's been staring at them for like a long period of time. And he knows that that's true about a lot of people. I know that happens to me all the time. So John never really thinks about anything about it. And honestly, as a general rule of thumb, you probably shouldn't think anything about it either. I know in seventh grade, if I... This is going to sound ridiculous, but you got to understand I was ridiculous back in seventh grade. If I made eye contact with a girl, I was like, she likes me. Turns out she didn't like me, but that is for a non-scary story later in the future. So anyways, John is just like, he doesn't think much of it. He continues to have a good time with his friends, talking about how hard their class is and how the teacher, like, of course, the teacher makes the test too hard and has to give a 40-point curve. That actually just happened in one of my classes. But uh, that's when John kind of like his icon, he flicks his eyes kind of back to the corner where the old man was sitting and kind of assuming that the old man was either not staring at him or had moved completely. In fact, John was wrong on both accounts as the old man was still sitting in what seemed to be the exact same position with the drink still half empty as if he never took a sip in the last 20 minutes and still staring at John. 
John is now a little bit more concerned. He definitely feels a little bit more uncomfortable at this point, but he chalks it up to two coincidence, like just a coincidence that this guy happens to be staring at him twice in a 20 minute period. And that like the two times that he was just like awkwardly like gazing at him happened to be the two times that John spotted him. John didn't think it was unlikely that someone, cause like the thing was, he didn't think it was unlikely because this guy was sitting in a way that he was facing towards John and maybe he just happened to be looking at him because he was in eyesight, right? However, throughout the course of the night, John was just getting very uncomfortable. He was getting more and more uncomfortable as it went on, especially when him and his friends went over to the other side of the bar to talk to some of the girls that were in a class that they had together or were a friend of friends or whatever. So they went to the, uh, the important thing is they went to the other side of the bar and John was sitting there and once again, he looked back at the old man in the corner. And remember, this time he's on the complete opposite side of the bar, so the old man in the corner would have to have moved completely. And the really unnerving thing was that the old man in the corner, he was sitting at a corner table, so you could sit at either side, either side of the corner. So he had moved from the left side of the corner to like the center side of the corner, so that he could, and once again, he was staring at John. So th at this point, it almost felt intentional because if he was still sitting in the other side, like why would he have moved as soon as John moved? And it just started to feel more and more intentional, right? It felt a little strange. And at first John was thinking, all right, does this, does this man think I have intentions? Like, I just don't like that. I just don't really feel that way about other guys. Like, I don't know how to say it. Like, hopefully he doesn't like try and like hit, hit on me. But if he does, I guess I'll you know, be nice about it. However, John got a sneaking suspicion or he just had a feeling that this wasn't a romantic interest stare. This was a danger stare. You know, it's kind of a, the instincts that you have built up inside of you over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years of just survival, your ancestors pass these down to you. Uh, just when something is, when there is danger and you, the thing is your brain is taking in so many things. You're con you are consciously aware of the only tip of the iceberg of everything that you take in. Sometimes there are just signals and inputs and sensory input and data that your brain is sifting through and it just figures, it just knows that there's danger even though you can't comprehend it. So sometimes it is, I'd say almost always, it is incredibly important to listen to your gut feeling because your gut feeling isn't some kind of like pseudoscience, wishy-washy Facebook mom post. It is your collective consciousness letting you know that like they, it, there may be something that you're not aware of, right? I always listen to my gut when it comes to things like this. And uh, John was also, he didn't necessarily listen to his gut, but he also didn't necessarily not listen to his gut here. He kind of just stayed with his friends. He did make sure not to go to the bathroom alone. He had to go to the bathroom as he had been drinking that night. Not too much, not too much, because he was going to drive back. He said he was like a beer. You shouldn't, you shouldn't drink and drive at all, right? But he did it within legal limits, so don't pounce on him yet. <laughs> Which I, I understand if you want to a little bit in the comment section, I won't stop you. However, he had a lot of water and other non-alcoholic drinks at this point. So he had a lot of fluids in him and he really did have to go to the bathroom, but he decided that he was gonna hold it in till his drive back or maybe make a pit stop on his way back to go to the bathroom because he didn't want to get separated from his group of guys at this point as he felt a little bit unsafe doing that. Anyways, the night wraps up and John gets up, says goodbye to his classmates, says, I'll see you Monday or whatever. Um, and he gets up and he goes to the door and he, as he's walking out the door, he sees in his peripheral the old man who had continuously been staring at him for the last 
couple hours at this point and to talk to no one, which if you want to go to these things and you just want to sit there alone, I can, I, that's fine. I enjoy a bit of people watching myself. I enjoy hanging out with myself. It's good to be comfortable being alone. Um, but still it's a little odd at a place that's, you're supposed to be primarily social. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to tell you the facts of how other people will interpret it. However, at this point, John had gotten up and as he's walking to the door, he notices the guy getting up, just standing up. And he doesn't think, he's like, okay, John, you're overreacting. You're overthinking at this point. It's not what you think it is. So he goes to the door and he's walking down the steps and he unlocks his car and he gets in. He gets into his car, puts his key in, starts the engine, and he turns around because, you know, you want to, he parked in, like he, he pulled into the parking spot. So he needs to look behind him to make sure he's not going to ram into some car on the way back or some person, right? And as he's turning around and as he's backing up, he sees the door open and he sees the door open and he sees the old man. And we're just going to call him the old man for the rest of this video. The old man get out. The old man, once again, is basically staring John down. And this guy seems to be power walking towards a car. John just felt really weird by all this, but he didn't want to spook himself necessarily. And he just decided I'm going to remain calm and assume that these are all coincidences unless otherwise provoked. And let me just say that he was about to be otherwise provoked. So anyways, John gets in his car, he gets on the road, and he's just driving. And by the way, he does not notice what car the old man gets into. So even if the old man was literally driving right next to him, okay, if he's driving right next to him, you could have looked into the window. But if the old man was driving literally right behind him, he would have had no idea, as there would have been enough glare that he wouldn't be able to see in, and he did not know what car this old man drove. So, you know, John was driving for a while. And if you do remember, he did kind of hold in a lot of the... He had to go to the bathroom. Drank a lot of liquids. Uh, most of them not going to make him sus on the road, don't worry. Uh, but he really had to go to the bathroom. It was like 15 more minutes back to his house. He was at a point where he's like, you know, I'm just going to stop in a gas station. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Maybe pick up like a snack or two if I just want to like have it while I'm watching like some TV tonight. That sounds pretty solid. I think I'll do that. So he looks at the roadsides and he sees that there's a gas station like two miles, take a left or whatever, or take a right or something. So he pulls off and he drives into the gas station. He parks, he gets in, he goes in, and he goes immediately into the bathroom. So he's sitting in the bathroom and he's kind of just contemplating, right? It's a one-person stall, right? So don't worry. The guy's not going to walk in in the stall and, like, attack him or something. That'd be crazy. But this is a one-person thing. So he basically locks him, he locks himself in. As, I mean, you do. You're in a bathroom, right? He's just sitting on the toilet, just contemplating. I feel like the toilet is a pretty great place to contemplate your life. I know that sounds a little weird, but it's not a bad place. So he's sitting there, and he's just genuinely thinking about all the events that transpired in the last couple hours. And he was thinking, yeah... I don't know if that's a coincidence. And he was, because he was, every single time he got a bat, like a red flag, he brushed it off as, oh, well, that's just a coincidence. Oh, that's just, uh, it's whatever. It's like, I'm just overthinking things. And while he was sitting there, he was kind of like uh, mapping the things together, stringing them out, and putting them within the relative context of his night, and realizing that, no, okay, that was really weird. So John gets up, you know, washes his hands, is walks out of the bathroom and is going to like go pick up some snack or something. He's going to go looking through the snack aisles of the of the gas station, very casually doing so, 
partially because he wanted a snack to eat later, partially because he felt bad using the gas station bathroom without actually being a customer. And as he's kind of looking through the snack aisle, he walks by one of the aisles. And in the corner of his eye, he thinks he catches glimpse of the old man and his heart starts to race. He immediately brushes it off like, no, 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 that's, that's ridiculous. His heart is still racing though because his eyes know what they saw, but his rational brain is desperately trying to tell his, the, the rest of his brain that no, 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 you didn't just see what you thought you saw. No, that's, that's a coincidence. So he's already, he's getting a little freaked out though. He's not feeling good. He's already like kind of stressing about the thing that happened before. And he's like, I'm probably just seeing things. I'm probably just seeing things that my brain wants me to see. Uh, not that I want to see it, but it's looking out for people like that. So that's, mo- that's most likely what's going on here. But, you know, so, but he's like, I don't know. I just got to get out of here. I just, I want to go back home. So he puts the snacks back, which in retrospect, probably not a bad idea after what's about to happen. He puts the snacks back. He gets up and he starts walking to the door. And he can't, he can't help himself at this point. He needs to know if he was overreacting or if he was truly in the right the whole time. So he turns around and he looks and he makes eye contact with the man that he passed. And his worst, for, his worst fears were confirmed. He makes eye contact with this man and he realizes that this was the man from the bar. Heart once again beating in his head. It's beating in his face at this point. He is not in a, he is like, I'm getting out of here. I'm literally going to autopilot my senses and I'm just going to go what instinct is telling me. Fight or flight, we're going a hard flight right now. So he power walks out of the store, gets into his car, turns it on, and, you know, he's like, okay. If this is a coincidence, the old man would have gone to the cashier to purchase whatever he was purchasing. If it's not a coincidence, the old man is going to come out and come after me. He looks in his rearview mirror, and sure enough, the door is opening. The old man is power walking out of there. John puts his thing in reverse. He drives out of there as quickly as he can. However, he is this time very intentional to make sure that he sees what car the old man gets into. The old man gets into a pickup truck, but a very distinct black pickup truck, all black, painted all the way. Black tires, black shining, black coat, whatever, <laughs> probably black tinted mirrors as well. I don't even know if those are illegal. Um, and yeah, so at this point, he knows what car the, 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 the old man is driving. He gets on the road and he starts driving. He's like, okay, this is like, this is not a coincidence at this point. This is serious. I'm like freaking out. He remembers, he's like, okay. He's thinking about this logically as he's on the road because he looks in the rearview mirror and sure enough, he sees a black pickup truck kind of far behind him, but also getting a little bit bigger as time goes on. So he, kn- he knows it's coming closer. And he's like, okay, let's think about this logically. If I go back home now and this guy follows me there, he'll know where I live. So I don't necessarily want to do that. However, I am 90% sure this guy's following me, but I need to know if I'm 100% sure if he's following me. So he remembers a trick that his mom taught him back when he was a very young kid, and he never thought he'd have to use this, but life just sometimes throws stuff like this at you. And I'll teach you this trick as well. It's almost 100% foolproof in figuring out if someone is following you, unless they're completely lost, right? And if they're completely lost, then they're going to look like they're following you. 
So what John ends up doing is he pulls into a neighborhood, and he pulls into the wrong neighborhood, not the one where his house is, but a different one. He's going down one of the streets, and sure enough, this car pulls into the neighborhood too. Do you know that this car is following you yet? At this point, with this much context, I think you reasonably could say that this car is following you, but let's say for just the hypothetical experiment we're about to do, for the thought experiment we're about to contend, right? Let's say the car, you do not believe that you have enough evidence. So let's make a move on the road that is so simply illogical that anyone doing it would only be doing it because they're following you exactly. What is that move? Well, what John does is he takes a right down a neighborhood. Then he takes another right. Then he takes another right. Then he takes another right. That will get you exactly back to where you started. It is completely illogical for you to do Ways would, ways would have to be tripping or Google Maps would have to be on some kind of drug, right? For that to ever be a thing that they'd make you do, which sometimes they are. They're, the algorithm, algorithms are a little ridiculous sometimes. But basically what John just did was he went in a circle, practically. I know it's a square, but generally a circle. No one would do this unless they're following you. So after John completed his circle, he looked behind him. And sure enough, the black car, the black truck, I should say, with the old man in it, was still behind him. At this point, John's heart began to sink as fast as it began to race, or as it was continuing to race, right? Because at this point, he had almost come to the 100% conclusion that he was being followed. So he gets back on the highway, and he has no plans of immediately going back home at this point, because knowing that you're being followed by a creepy old man in a bar, you don't want to bring them back to your home. That's just not a thing you want to do, right? Pretty understandably. Real quick, you've made it this far into the video. Comment scary down below. That'll be the secret word of the day. Uh, also, let me, guy, let, let me know if you guys enjoy these kind of like scary stories mixed in with the other ones. I enjoy telling them. It keeps it fresh for me. And I hope you enjoy them as well. This will also be on Spotify. Link down below. And if you want to support the channel, best thing to do is keep watching this video till the end. And afterwards, watch another one of my videos. Easy way to do that. Storytime playlist. Link down below. Let's get back to it. So at this point, John is back on the highway, and he is just, like, very uncomfortable, very freaking out, and at this point, he's almost 100% sure that he's being followed. So he does what he thinks is the best next move, and he calls 911. He calls the police. So he gets on the phone. They're like, 911, what's your emergency? And John is like, I am, like, almost 100% sure I'm being followed from this guy from a bar. He explains very briefly... I was at a bar, this guy was staring at me the whole time, I felt very uncomfortable. After a couple hours of him staring at me, I left. I went to go make a stop at the gas station and he appeared there as well. He got in a car, a black truck to be specific, and followed me back. I went down into a neighborhood, I took four rights to kind of do a circle to see if he was following me, and he still was afterwards. At this point, I'm on the highway, I'm not driving back home to lead him there, but I'm on the highway, he's still behind me. I really don't know what to do. So the operator's like, okay, um, so like, let me know where you are. And John says, okay, I'm at passing 14th Avenue, State Street, New York, New Jersey. Well, I, I don't know, say stuff, right? She's like, okay, so we do have a police station three miles up this way. What you can do is to drive here. He will probably not follow you into the police station. And if he does, then we will make sure, to, we will be there to make sure that nothing happens to you. Um, she says, I will already let the know, I'll let the officers know if you could give a description of the plate or whatever. And he's like, oh, I can't, the car is behind me. Uh, all he knows is like a black, says 
black truck says the brand of the truck or whatever. I don't know what that would be. She's like, okay, we, okay, I'll put that out to the officers. Do you have the directions? Do you feel comfortable that you'll know how to get there? He's like, yes, I think I do. So she is like, all right, well, I mean, I'll stay on the line till you get there or whatever. Let me know if anything else happens. We'll send some officers out. So anyways, at this point, John is making it, making a shot, straight shot to the police officers, uh, the police place. I'm sorry. I've been going, I've been saying this like without any cuts for the last 20 minutes. So my brain is starting to break, um, to the police station. There we go. And he's making it there and the car, the black truck behind him. It's almost as if it's getting like closer and closer. It's just appearing bigger and bigger in the, in the rear view mirror. And John is feeling more and more uncomfortable. And he just sees it getting closer and closer. However, he also knows that he's approaching the police station pretty rapidly. That makes him feel a little bit better. And uh, yeah, so anyways, he's pulling in. Eventually, he gets there. He takes the left turn off. He pulls into the police station. And the black truck does not follow him into the police station. He knows better than to do that. The black truck keeps going straight on the highway or... I don't know if the police station was right off the highway, but keeps going wherever and disappears. John gets pulls into the high pulls into the police station, is like looks behind him a bunch of times, gets out super cautiously, runs into the station, whatever, and like he sees like some ladies like, Hey, like, are you John from the phone? And he's like, Yes, yes. I like I, he's not following me right now, but he was, I swear. She's like, Okay. Um, like, and they sit down for a little bit and he tells her the story in a bit more detail so that she can file an official report. He tells her where he lives. He tells her the, uh, you know, the circumstances of what happened. He tries to describe the car and also the old man in more detail. However, it's not the greatest detail. He's like old middle-aged white guy with a beard. Like, okay, that's a lot of people in a college bar, right? That's a lot of people in this college town fit that description. And also a black pickup truck, like that's a little bit more specific, sure, but it's more than one of those in the world. Um, so, you know, the police officer's only so helpful as she was able to say, well, it doesn't look like he's following you now. So I think you can feel pretty safe. I have filed a report. So they know that this is what's happening. They know that like you're out like the they know to look out for this. Um, they also know, like, we're also here if, you know, anything else happens. Just let me know. Just, uh, you know, call us up and we'll be there right away. Um, I don't know what else I can offer. If you have anything to ask for, maybe I can help that out. And John doesn't feel super confident because, you know, the guy wasn't caught or anything. But what are they going to do? Genuinely, what are they going to do? They barely have a description. The guy disappeared into the ether and what are they going to do? Like, search the entire state? Like, go knocking house by house? Like, I, I don't know. There's only so much they can do here, and John is aware of this. So he says, no, thank you. I'll call if anything happens. Gets back in his car and begins to drive back home. And while the immediate danger of the guy distinctly tracking him, being right behind him, is no longer apparent to him, or it's, at least it's not very visible if it is happening, right? He still is very uncomfortable. This was an incredibly unnerving experience. He's very just like, he's shaken up as one would be. He gets on the phone with one of his friends, explains everything that happened. They're all like, dude, that's crazy. If you want to come back to my place tonight, I totally get that. And John's like, I don't know, man, I'm almost home. And like, he's, he's not following me now, so I think it's okay. And uh, the friend's like, all right, man, well, if you need me to come over, if you want someone to keep you company or something like that, 
just let me know. Um, just, just, I'm here for you if you need it. And John's like, I appreciate that. I think I will be okay. I'll be heading back home, but I'll let you know if I want you to come over or something or if I want to come over. Friend's like, okay, cool. So John's back in the car and eventually he pulls into his own neighborhood and he's like checking his rear view, rear view mirror like religiously. Every like almost as much as like a teenager checks their phone at this point. He's looking there. He's looking behind him. He's all sketched out as one would be, right? He's all kind of sketched out. He doesn't see any truck. He thinks he sees the truck, and then it just turns out to be a different, like a red car that's not even a truck, right? So he knows he's kind of like overreacting, pulls into his driveway, gets out of the car, walks into like his house, goes into like his two-story house, um, lives with his roommate, but his roommate is gone, as I said in the beginning. And he gets into his house, goes up to the, uh, you know, the second floor where the bedroom is, sits there, and the bedroom is like, right in front of the driveway, um, just for a little context. The window is al- also cracked open a little bit as this happened earlier in the fall, so it was still pretty warm out. And he's just sitting in his bed. He's like, okay, I feel really weird. He like closes his, uh, his, the door of his room. And he's just sitting in his bed, put on some like show or something, I don't really know, put on like uh, TV, Netflix, whatever in the background, just to kind of calm his nerves. He's doing his best not to think about the last six hours of his night, but understandably, it's very difficult. He also was kind of sitting there thinking, like, why didn't I just go to my friend's room or my friend's apartment? I, Because I think in the car ride back, he just assumed that he would be doing better once he got home and got to his own room. But instead, he almost felt worse because now instead of being in the car where he could be mobile and it's very hard to get someone when they're in the car, he kind of felt stuck in a sense because he was in his house. He had no reason at all to believe that the guy had, you know, followed him home, but he still had a bit of a feeling. So he was starting to drift off to bed, and he had some, like, TV show playing, and, like, the computer was on his lap or whatever, and he was starting to close his eyes, and he was starting to fade out. And that's when he heard car tires skirt, and then turn in, and then he heard a car pull into his driveway. Immediately, this wakes him up. His computer actually falls over. He goes to check him. It's fine, thankfully. He goes out to the window, because remember I said earlier, the window overlooks the, uh, the driveway. And he looks in the driveway. And at this point, it's like one or two in the morning. It's late at night. And he looks into the driveway, and all he sees, there's not a lot of streetlights on the street, but he sees two white headlights still on. He sees a car, he hears a car's motor running, and he sees a big black truck in his driveway. Immediately, he picks up his phone, Dials 911. The same operator picks up. He says, hey, it's me. It's, he says his name, John. He's like, the guy's at my house. The guy's at my house. I need you to like send like the, like the police over as soon as possible. She's like, okay, I'll send them over. So he gave her his address, which is great. It saved them a couple seconds of time, which might have actually saved him. I don't know. Um, so they're, police are on their way. At this point, John, this is the scariest situation of his entire life. I mean, I think obviously it's pretty hard to top this at this point. But anyways, this is probably one of the scariest situations of his entire life. And uh, so John is like kind of freaking out. He's watching this guy who's like in his driveway turn off his car. And he watches a guy, the same guy as before, step out of the car. It's the same old man. The same outfit is definitely him. And the old man looks at the house. And then probably the... The most scared John has ever been, or the most is terrified he's ever been. 
is when the old man or the older man, 40 is not old, bro. It's not old. Um, the, the man looks up and he, I think he's like scanning the house or something, but he looks up into John's window and they make eye contact for a second, a second that felt like a minute that felt like an hour that felt like the rest of his life. It was the most just, it, it was like the feeling of like the, the predator staring into your eyes as you were the prey standing there helpless about to be eaten, bro. It was the worst feel. It was the scariest feeling of his entire life. But the second scariest feeling was when his brain reminded him that he did not lock his door. So immediately, John bolts. He bolts down the stairs. And as he's, wa- he's running towards his front door, the window next to it, the, the blinds are, are shut, but they're still see-through enough that you can see John sees a figure rapidly approaching his door. Not running. If this man was running, things might have been different. This man was power walking because he believed that like he was in control, right? John goes up and he locks the door as soon as the guy meets it. And this is when John hears bum, 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 kind of like a shaking of the door handle and then bum, 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 a slamming on the door and then a boom, boom. Boom! This guy was either trying to kick it down with his foot or trying to kick it down, like, bump into it with his shoulders or whatever. At this point, John was truly freaking out. This is one of the scariest moments of his entire life. So he's, like, grabbing chairs or whatever. He's putting them in front of the door. And that's when he realizes that the old man is no longer bumping against the door. That's when he hears a crash noise. And that's when he sees a stone go through his window. And that's when he realizes that there are multiple ways to get into his house. John is a lucky man, though, because as the stone goes through the window and as John realizes that the old man might be able to go through the window or the man goes through the window, police sirens light up the entire front lawn. Police jump out. He hears freeze, whatever. A bunch of police officers surround this guy in the front of the house. And what they do is they surround him. They, you know, they have their guns up. They, one person goes up, they cuff him, and eventually he hears another knock on the door saying, like, please, like, open up. And John is like, uh, like, can you prove it? And one of the police officers is just like, all right, like, look, look out the window or whatever. So John goes up, looks at the, through the shattered window. Sure enough, the old man is cuffed or whatever. Police officers come in. They say, hey, just want to let you know that we apprehended the person trying to break into your house. Um, we also wanted to let you know that the man, after doing future, like, further research... We actually, we, we, were, we were able to match this man with uh, various other descriptions we've received over the last couple weeks or the last couple months of a older gentleman um, following back college students back to their house and robbing them of their personal belongings. And uh, yeah, we wanted to let you know that uh, this is not the first time and that thanks to you calling and thanks to you letting us know, uh, you know, this man has now been caught. Um, we hope to like... It, whatever, right? Says the final bits. They ask him for more information or whatever. John takes out his phone as the police are starting to go away, right? They're like, okay, well, they also say we'll send a report to the landlord that this wasn't you or whatever. John gets on the phone and calls up his friend. His friend's like, hey, man, what's good? It's like pretty early. He's like, hey, man, can I come over to your place? He's like, sure. What happened? And John explains, okay, so you know that man who I was telling you about who's following me? 
yeah, so he followed me back to my house and he tried to break through my door and he threw a rock through my window. And as he was about to like crawl through the window into my house, the police came, surrounded him at gunpoint and handcuffed him. So yeah, I'm not really trying to sleep here tonight. And his friend is silent for like 10 seconds. And after 10 seconds, he's like, oh my God, 